I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, November 8th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, $344 million is the amount in U.S. dollars that Fenway Sports paid for English soccer club Liverpool in 2010. The group is now considering selling it and could fetch over $5 billion. Brett, who's your Premier League team? Well, Jay, it's actually possible that we might share a team here because Fenway Sports, the company that or the group that owns Liverpool, also owns the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, your favorite baseball team. Liverpool is my team. Not sure why. I, I think you just kind of pick a team here. But my understanding is that my family has roots back in the north of England. And, and so that's why I went with Liverpool. But do you have a team, Jay? You know, I do. The Spurs. The Spurs. Yep. I'm a North London guy at heart, yep. although that's relatively new. That's so, what everyone uh, says to you. Hey, so you're really true. a North London guy at heart, Jay. Yeah, just as much as you are Northern England. I would guess that's a very good investment, and they've really ridden the wave of popularity of the EPL, and this is a huge get. I just hope they put some of that $5 billion they're about to get into great pitching for the Red Sox. How about that? Yeah, well, look, Jay, sports teams are such a good investment. I'm, I'm kicking myself as to why I didn't buy one. You could have, like three, four, 344 million. That was a deal, a steal in 2010. I you just didn't have access to capital. I know. That's always the problem, Jay. I just don't have access to capital. If we could just fix that, I, I'd be I'd be buying teams left, right, and center. You would be, and I'd be wrong for the ride. Brett, aside from professional sports teams, you are super unlikely to buy. What do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, Airbnb is working on that crazy cleaning fee that you got charged. For our second story, the streaming bill is a thorn in creator's sides. And for our last story, Americans head to the polls. Yes, they do. For our first story, executives at Airbnb want you to know that they have, in fact, read all your angry tweets about out-of-control cleaning fees and that they're listening and they're learning. Brett, what's Airbnb doing about one of the most frustrating parts of the entire platform? Yeah, so Airbnb will now include those pesky surcharges in the total price of a room minus taxes. Still, it's you know, not great. And tweak search results to prioritize value, all in hopes of curbing accusations that the company excludes fees to make places look cheaper than they actually are. Yeah, they'd never do that. Airbnb, which makes money on service fees, is doing just fine after reporting its most profitable quarter ever. But there is growing fear of losing customers over prices. So CEO Brian Chesky said that we started as an affordable alternative to hotels and affordability is especially important today during this difficult economic time. I'll say. By prioritizing affordability, Airbnb is looking to make it back into cheaper-than-hotel territory, something that's been nearly impossible to claim lately, to secure repeat bookings. And here's why it matters. A tough economic climate has left consumers zeroing in on hidden costs and looking for value. By addressing both of those needs in one swift but arguably long overdue update, the company is banking that customers will forgive, forget, and most importantly for Airbnb, spend. For our second story, Canada's proposed online streaming bill is starting to make creators sweat. Jay, what's this bill? And should we be worried? The idea of the proposed bill, which is sitting with the Senate right now, is to hold streamers, including Netflix, TikTok, and Spotify, to the standards of Canadian broadcasting laws. Big tech creators and academics have criticized the bill by pointing out that some Canadians might not be Canadian enough to produce content. So why are creators getting dragged into the mix? Well, last month, the Association of Film Distributors proposed a bill that would also force streamers to ensure that 30% of content served up to Canadians via search and in-feed algorithms be Canadian. 
One internet law expert said no other country has anything close to this requirement and streamers would likely have to remove content from their platforms to meet it. Some popular Canadian TikTok and YouTube creators have expressed they would move to the U.S. or use VPNs to change their location to avoid needing to file the paperwork that certifies Canadian content under current broadcast law. This, according to the Global Mail. Brett, it's never a good idea to say you're about to break the law. So let me just put that out there. Yeah, I'll file whatever paperwork we have to, Jay. No need to worry about that. YouTube Canada contributed $1.1 billion to Canada's GDP in 2021, and channels earning $100,000 annually rose 35% from the year prior, per Oxford Economics. And here's why it matters, Brett. Rules that promote Canadian content are needed to make sure that the market isn't dominated by U.S.-made content, which typically promotes U.S. culture and mostly supports the U.S. economy. But... Tabling a bill that would drive away creators and potentially limit the choices available to Canadian audiences could actually have the opposite effect. And for our third and final story, Americans like me head to the polls today, which means that by tomorrow, there will be a crop of kooky new Congress people that may or may not keep you awake at night. There most certainly will be some of those people in office coming tomorrow. But Jay, comedy potential aside, the election's outcome will shape the direction of the world's most powerful government and its economy, which does impact Canada. Jay, I'm not going to ask you who you're voting for, if you're voting, none of that. But you are the Peak Daily's resident American. And so let's catch Peak Pals up on what Congress even is. Sure. Every seat in the House of Representatives and 35 Senate seats are up for grabs. That's a third of the Senate. Polls show Republicans will likely snag a House majority, but the Senate is a toss up right now. Now, if Republicans win control of the House, it will be difficult, if not impossible, for the current Biden administration to pass much of its legislative agenda. In terms of foreign policy, some Republicans have voiced support for limiting aid to Ukraine if they take control of Congress, which could change the direction of that war. Now, for investors, a divided government could be good news. Stocks tend to rise as the post-midterm congressional gridlock reduces the risk of policy changes, which can affect businesses. But some analysts worry that a looming showdown over the debt ceiling, which is a limit on how much debt the U.S. government can accumulate, could rattle markets as it has in the past. The bottom line is tense midterm elections are unlikely to produce big changes between the U.S. and Canada. But that doesn't mean we don't have a friendly concern for our neighbors and Jay's well-being. That's very nice, Brett. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, want to follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Brett. Brett, have a good Tuesday. You too.